It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this uh, 17th day of June 2015. Actually, this is going to be the Basser Hour, and John Basser, or John Stacy there, is going to be our uh, host, and uh, I'll be the co-host today, and if we have any callers out there, or anyone like to call in, uh, we'll try to get you worked in, sometimes we get kind of busy here, but uh, at least call in, the call in number is 347 237-4819. Now that call-in number once again is 347-237-4819. Uh, if you have a question or comment, uh, call in and we'll try to get you worked in here. Uh, uh, we don't want to miss calls, not intentionally, that's for sure. Uh, I know we have missed some in the past, and that's uh, we we try to avoid that. We want to answer everybody's call that we can. Uh, John, how are you doing today? Buddy, I'm uh, doing pretty good, actually. I've had a very good day. Uh, hope to keep it going. Uh, how are well, you doing today? Uh, well, I'm doing good. Uh, it's been raining on and off all day here uh, in Missouri. Uh, you got the you got that tropical storm going to go just south of you, ain't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's kind of stalled out above us here, uh, but uh, it's all right. We'll take some rain as long as it's not too much at one time. <laughs> Don't want no yeah. Uh, I see. Texas down there seems to be getting it pretty rough, though. Yeah, they've had a lot of rain lately. That's pretty wild. Yes, they have. Uh, it's, uh, well, kind of weird weather. I think everybody agrees to that. Mm. But anyway, uh, we was going to do some discussing about the claims folders. Now, yeah, we're going to... Yeah, go ahead. We're going to we, split the show up into three different categories today. Uh, the first one is going to be a discussion on uh, the importance of obtaining your copy of your claims folder and basically what steps or when you should get it because after one copy, I think they charge you and it's pretty expensive if you got one as thick as mine. Or Gerald, I'd say. Gerald's probably 10 foot tall by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... And this, the uh, second uh, half will be a discussion on uh, how to read a CMP exam and how to get copies of the CMP exam, what you have to do. There's different entities involved with CMP exams and uh, some folks even have to go to their congressman to get copies of it. So we'll discuss that on the second part. And then uh, the third part we'll go into, and we'll discuss some of the hidden benefits for uh, disabled vets, and especially those who like to travel. And uh, so we'll get started. Uh, the first uh, section is your claims folder, okay? Uh, for you folks that don't really understand what a claims folder is, it's basically your information that you submit a claim to the VA and all your records and stuff and all your information goes into that folder. They keep that folder in a hard copy. You know, of course, I guess they, they've got a computerized thing now, but 
they can print it and put it in there, and all your information stays in that folder. It's a big brown folder. And once you get along the claims process, you know, they're gathering all the data and all the information and information you send to them. Um, they put it in the folder. And <clears throat> over a period of time, say you wait to, you know, usually I'd say within a year, year and a half of your claim, because most claims are not going to be decided that quickly. If you get a decision, whether it be favorable or, or not favorable, that's the time you should ask for a copy of your claims folder. And the reason being is if you ask for one early enough, you're going to miss some information that's not going to be in there. And uh, so that's probably the best timing. Of course, it's up to you when to ask for it, but that's uh, that's when I that's when I recommend you to ask for it. Uh, any 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 thoughts, Gerald? Yeah, uh, I've seen my claim folder from time to time, and uh, mine is red, by the way. I don't know if yours is brown. Mine was red. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Probably was. Uh, <laughs> red's a red flag, I guess. Oh, I mine, Gerald, <laughs> tell you the truth, mine's brown. Okay, There's but inside the... Inside the folder, okay? Inside the folder, uh, and I saw this in the C&P exam. I filed a claim for asbestos exposure, and they kept denying it. Uh-huh. And uh, inside the claims folder, they had my service my service personnel record. was in a, I guess it was another tan-looking folder. And they uh, had the service medical record in there. And that was the actual service medical record that was made by the Navy years and years ago. And on the outside of that service medical record, there's big, black, bold letters that stamped A-S-B-E-S-T-O-S. I had to go through screenings every year because of that, so it's a, it's, it's a joke. You know, the whole system is uh, it's very, very, very... Very contrary to popular belief, it's supposed to be non-adversarial, you know, and of course it is non-adversarial, so it's non-adversarial toward the VA. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I just received here recently from my attorney a copy of my uh, claims file that they had sent him. And uh, we were talking, he said, well, that's only 747 pages. I said, that couldn't be right. I said, uh, you know, it's got to be more than that. Uh, send me what yeah. you got. Let's see what, what it is. So he sent it to me. And uh, here it is, 747 pages. Well, that's, a about, Boeing, that's a Boeing book. Well, yeah. Uh, Anyway, it was all repeat stuff. There was only actually 40 pages that pertained to my claim, and even some of those, uh, here they had this other uh, veteran's uh, award letter in there with my claim. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a social security number, name, address, the whole thing. And, and, Did you uh, put it? Put that envelope sent to the IG? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, mm. 
didn't know what to do with it. I called up my attorney now, and and uh, he's going to dig it out and, and uh, do the necessary things with it because we don't want, you know, that getting in the wrong hands, obviously. Uh, Let me but, tell you. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, but at any rate, what my claims folder should be and what it is is absolutely two different things. They don't even resemble one another. And uh, so my attorney, he is going back to the VA requesting a proper, the accurate uh, claims folder. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know what a recourse is here other than making another request, but this is ridiculous. Folks, you need yeah. to know what's in your claims folder. If you can make it to any VA regional office, go in there from time to time and review your claims folder. If it's not accurate, make the necessary changes or, or uh, uh, you know, corrections. Uh, you, I mean, you're not going to get your claim settled. I mean, it, it adds years to your claim. If it's all, if your claims folder is all in shambles and, and has no orchestra, it's not orchestrated. It, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. You can't have that. You got to have something that makes sense to somebody that don't know you, don't know your claim. They just well. pick up this folder, look at it, and it's all a jumbled up mess. And they don't want to sort through it all. And, let's, have uh, a little, let's have a little question and answer session there, folks. If you've got a copy of your claims folder and you found other people's information in there besides you, raise your hand. Of course, we yeah. can't see your hand, but we'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's the nightmare story. I was contacted by a veteran... Oh, six years ago, and he hurt his back in the service really bad, and they kept denying him and denying him and denying him, and he went and got a Social Security award for his back, and uh, he was in pretty bad shape. He couldn't even move or nothing for a long time, and so we kind of put him in the right direction, you know, from his habit member, and we put him down the right path, and uh, he used the Social Security award go back on the VA and they they gave my they gave my IU off the bat because he spent a lot of time on bed rest. And then he had some PTSD going on, we helped get that service connected. So he got at the point to his client where he got his decisions and stuff and he said, Well I need to make sure things okay so he requested his claims folder. And uh I'm not gonna come out and tell you the exact location of this regional office, but it's somewhere within the state of Indiana. And uh so he got his claims folder, and he was going through it. He called me up and said, hey, man, i got a problem. I said, oh, no, what's wrong? He said, I've got like 20 pages of some other dude's information in my claims folder. It's got everything, everything he's ever got in there. I said, really? He said, what do I need to do? I said, well, send it back to him. He said, well, I called him. They said, bring it to him. 
I said, okay, go ahead and take it to him. Well, next morning he drives up to the regional office, he walks into the stuffing envelope and says, here, I got this information from a, uh, uh, Evan McLean's folder and it don't belong to me. Well, they grabbed it out of his hand, looked at it, and they said, sit down a minute. Son, the VA police came up and was going after him. He called me in a dead panic. And I told him to make a copy of that just in case something like it's supposed to happen. And he called me in a dead panic, son. I said, get out of there. I said, don't don't pass gold. Don't collect 200 bucks. Leave that building right now or they're going to, or they're going to railroad you. So he jumped out of that building, got in his car and took off, heading back toward the house. He got home. He still shook up from it because they thought, you know, they they were going to they were going to waylay him, you know. And uh, he said, "What do I do now?" I said, "You take that copy you've got, and you address it to your congressman and then DA Inspector General, and you send it to him. You tell him that was in your claims folder, and you received a copy, and the VA is trying to arrest you over it." So he did that, and that went away real quick, boy. Once the bill you got a hold of it. You know what I mean? I don't believe that's all too uh, uncommon, uh, John. Yeah, so then I'm not telling you. you know, this is not a this is not a bull story, and I can back it up. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you got to be careful going into the regional office. First of all, they don't want you there unless you're going for a hearing. Okay, if you go, have a representative with you. They don't want you yeah. in there. That's the reason you've got these call centers now. And the reason that you have to send your claims stuff to these claims induction centers and things like that, that's the reason you call the 800 number and you're allowed to be California. Your contact to read the office like it used to be is no longer existent. Yeah, but it's important to know what's in that claim file. That's right. You need, but I mean, if you have problems getting a copy of your claims folder, just email or call your congressman and they'll help you get it. I asked for a copy of mine a few years ago, and it took me eight months to get it, but I got it. I got it. Big old box come to the door. Poor postman had a, I guess he had a back injury because I guess he had file claims, but any workers' comp, I guess, you know, but Anyhow, you can get your copy when you request it. They'll send it to you. It might take them some time, and they'll have to do it. Um, if you're going to the BVA, the best thing about going to the BVA is they've got a team that certifies your claim and puts it together, and it's usually your attorney helps do it. They go through everything, make sure it's done. They put it on a little CD and make it real nice. If you can get your hands on that, you can be the cat's meow. You know what I mean, Gerald? Yes. You've already been to the BVA. I bet you can get yours on a CD. That's probably where it's at. Well, they tried to get it on a CD, uh, and mm-hmm. the attorney said all they sent them was a box of papers. And, and, well, it's supposed uh, to be certified put together when you went to the, uh, wasn't Doug your attorney at the BVA? Uh, Doug, yeah. Uh, I Doug bet you Doug's got a copy of it. Yeah, but, but see, since then you submitted uh, so much evidence that's probably started over. Then you might just have the evidence you submitted after that disc was made, see. You might want to ask for a complete copy because something's wrong, something's fishy. Well, yeah, it's I, I know. get about 40 pages. I get 700 pages of repetition. That's, that's, mm-hmm. uh, who, who in the world would be that stupid to even uh, copy up? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I know you keep sending stuff into it. <laughs> 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 no, it's, but well, I, don't know. I guess I'll keep everything. 
But uh, the advantage of getting a copy of your, of, of your file is, uh, you know, people forget over a long period of time, you know, things that happen. <laughs> get your service medical record and look at it, see if there's anything else that you, that you qualify for. <clears throat> and anything, it can open doors for you. Yeah, if you're you on the ninety percent marker, yeah. Now say if you're a service connected ninety four point two percent and you need uh point eight percent to <coughs> get you over the hundred percent mark, see. Anything's possible. You know, well, and it's, you, uh, you uh you know if you keep getting denied and denied and denied and you're you're pretty sure you've sent them every pertinent piece of information that you possibly can, and you're still getting denied. Obviously, there's something wrong, and that's when I say you need to to know exactly what is in that claims file because that's what someone has to look at to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Well, and if it's like a scramble. If, if it's a scrambled up mess, uh, I mean, it's got to be put put in some kind of structure in some sort of way. Uh, uh, oh, there's a name for that. But you got to mm-hmm. have an outline. You know, it's it's got to be properly structured, or it won't make sense to anyone. Anyone reading it. Uh, they're just going to throw their hands up and grab the denial stamp and deny it. Uh, if, you really want, if you really want to do some playing around, if you got time on your hands and you've got a computer, just go to the BVA decisions page and do the search decisions and type in these keywords. The first one will be uh, granted, approved, and then hit search. That'll give you a number of claims that was granted and approved. Write that number down. <laughs> then clear that search <coughs> and type in remand. And they'll tell you how many claims is remanded. Do you know that, Gerald? Yeah. Then clear that and then put uh, uh, not approved or denied. But not approved. Put a put in quotations around both words. It'll, it'll, it'll stay. It'll stay the sentence. And then print that out or write that down. And you look at the numbers. That's from the BVA itself, you know. And majority of it's remands. Yes, it is. And majority of it's remands, but they just give you something to look at too. But um, back to the claims folder. It's, it's imperative you get a copy of claims folder and keep it on file. Um, as far as important information, if you own a house, um, it's always better to keep important documentation and stuff. Is to go out here to your uh, local sporting goods store or uh, Costco and buy you a tall, wide gun safe. <laughs> that thing's fireproof. It's uh, waterproof, and it's, it's pretty cool. Might be a little pricey, but if you've got some retro money laying around, that's probably the best investment you'll ever make. You know, and you can put that stuff right in that safe. You can put all your stuff in there. It's big enough. Get one of the big ones. And uh, any documentation you have, paperwork-wise, I would go buy a smaller safe. One of the, not, not the big box safe, but one that's fireproof. 
I would buy how many you ever need of them, about 25 bucks a piece. I'd put my documents in there and put them in the big safe. In case you do have a fire, it's guaranteed to survive. You understand, Joe? Yeah. Always put your important documents where you need them, you know, and keep them safeguarded because I can't trust safe deposit boxes and banks and things like that, you know, and nothing ever needs to be out of your control. So that's yeah. one of the main reasons. Yeah, put it up. Them saves, uh, I've seen some nice saves for around $400. I mean, nice. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not bad money. Uh, no. For, uh, if you get a, a, a large safety deposit box, it's going to cost you $50 a year or more. And mm-hmm. uh, before long, you've, you've paid out $400. Eight months or yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever it takes. <clears throat> so, yeah, get the safe. Yeah, but you don't know who's going through your stuff either when you get the safe deposit boxes. Well, that's a fact. You know, you know, you can trust people if you want to trust them, but you know, there's always inside yeah, every business has got every business has got crooks because most of your crimes are inside jobs anyways. You notice that, Gerald? Yeah, that is true, and that's what they, you know, most of your large crimes are. Uh, yeah, we, was, we had a, Eastern Kentucky last week, we had a couple of young guys that worked at the Shell Station, and uh, <coughs> one of the food mark things. <coughs> they called 911, and more said they'd been robbed. Well, all the money was gone out of the safe, and they got to look, and the safe was open by the combination. No, it wasn't forced open. And boys are in jail now, fixing to get 20 years making license plates. <laughs> oh, my land. Yeah, so. And, and what it's, would they get? Uh, probably maybe a thousand. <clears throat> they had a lot of money. They got a lot. It's a busy place. I'd say thousands, but don't matter. They got it back. Of course, they you know, had to hire two more people. So. Yeah. You know, it's hard to trust anybody anymore in this world. And a gun safe's the best thing you can do, especially if you can back it down with some firearms, you know, to uh, protect your Second Amendment rights. That's another issue, and there's another show one of these days. T-Word, let's do it. But, uh, now, yeah. reports are getting you see fire. All right, we know that. Now let's go on to number two. The old compensation and pension exam. Uh, for you new folks, it's just in the VA system. Basically, what that entails is you file a claim for the VA. Then the VA supposedly gathers information and evidence. If I was you, I would go find the evidence yourself and submit it to them because it's kind of like them looking in the backyard for a four-leaf clover, you know, and they're, they're not going to look very hard at the general. No, they're not. <laughs> So once you get your evidence submitted to them, things like that, and they start doing the adjudication process of your claim. They've got the Lim 21 manual looking at, and they're trying to put all the dots together and reading word for word what needs to be done. They schedule you for a C&P exam. The C&P exam is to get a medical opinion or a nexus that's either in favor or against your claim. Of course, in favor is probably, uh, probably tapped in about a number two font, and then against is probably a 25 font. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so they call you up and said, hey, you've got a CMP exam scheduled with the VA on so-and-so date, so-and-so time. Please be here 15 minutes early and bring your ID card. 
That's what they always say to me anyways. So they, you go to the VA and you get there about 30, 45 minutes early and you go in and hand your ID card. Oh, hello, Mr. 1428. How you doing today? Of course, they don't know your name. You're just a number. You last four. And then uh, <laughs> they go in there and you sit in this room and this doctor comes in and he's got this folder, claims folder, and he makes you get up and do whatever you do. You know, you do your exam. Either if it's for a spinal condition, you know, you bend over in range of motion or if it's for... A heart condition, they do an echo and do some checks on you, do some tests on you, take a blood pressure a few times. You know, it depends on what it's for. So the doc gets done with the exam. He looks around and he starts punching a bunch of stuff in the computer. He's not going to tell you too much information unless he finds something that you need to be treated for outside. They can't treat you for nothing, but they can tell you to go see your other doctor to get something treated. And he gets it in the computer, sends it in, and it goes back to the regional office. Well, within about seven to ten days, you can actually go up to medical records to the VA and get a copy of that exam. I advise everyone to do so. That exam from that doctor or nurse practitioner, whoever it is, don't get me know. VA likes using nurse practitioners because they're cheaper than doctors, but a doctor's supposed to review everyone nurse practitioner does, so you know, it's a different issue. But anyhow, that exam, copy of that exam, once you read that exam, is what you need to take home with you and you need to study it very closely. Uh, there are certain buzzwords, keywords, and words of inspirement or words of projection listed in that exam. The doctor puts down all your information. He reviewed all the records and things like that. That's kind of blah, blah, blah stuff, you know. Go through it and read it, you know, and look at it. But what you're looking for is the bread and butter sentence. That's called requested stated opinion. Okay, the regional office is asking a specific question regarding to your service-connected condition that whether or not it's a turbulent incident or event that happened in service. That's request of state opinion. Say, for example, uh, was Mr. So-and-so's uh, uh, fractured cervical spine at C5, C6, as he went down a ladder and board a ship in the U.S. Navy. Uh, is that the cause of all his problems today? And is his problems today related to that injury? Well, the doctor's going to say, hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> but he can't say, hey, oh, yeah, so he's got to write, in my opinion, blah, 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 blah. It is least, it like, it is least as likely as not that his conditions now that he has is attributed directly to that injury. Remember those buzzwords, as least as likely as not, means that doctor is 50% certain that that injury is related to service. If he states on there that this injury or this these problems were due to this following service, that means he is 100% certain was due to, okay? Or most likely means he's 75% sure. Okay, now here's the bad news. Okay, less likely means he's 25% sure. All right? And was not due to means he's 100% sure it wasn't. So you're looking for at least as likely as not or higher. 
because, at least as likely or not, should kick the benefit of the doubt rule in, according to the VA law on your claim. But chances are, John, he's going to write it's genetic. Say again? He's going to say it's genetic. It come down the, uh, you know, it passed on yeah. down to the family. Now, that's yeah. that's what I've you know, seen these dirty dogs do. Well, genetics have a lot to do with it, Gerald. But however, you have to realize this, too. I'm sure osteoarthritis and things like that are genetic issues in families. You know, certain things run. However, people don't really contract that, or it doesn't really show their ugly heads until maybe the person's 60 years old or older. Well, you know that's saying? why the VA waits so long to settle mm-hmm. a claim. By, by the time they get a claim settled, you're in your, your late 60s or 70s. Uh, well, that's, uh, that way yeah. they can say, oh, it's all this genetic. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, uh, they, you know, no, that ain't. That ain't a good, uh, uh, good thing. <laughs> well, first of all, they can say genetic all they want to, okay? Doesn't have a thing to do with it. You know why? Why that? There's a rule in the Title 38 called the Presumption of Soundness Rule. You were fit when you entered duty. You had no pre-existing conditions. Okay? Whether it's genetic or not, that didn't matter. Do you know that? That's true. That trumps anything they say about genetics. So, no. They can play their games and try stuff like that, but in the court of law, that'll win. Okay, so. uh, They can do the old genetic stuff if they want to. But, uh, you know, the gene pool's there. And I do not know people do have genetic issues. You know, there's a lot of Indians that their genetics have a lot of high blood pressure and things like that. You know. Yeah. And of course, that's genetic, and there's th- you know there's certain people that get that stuff, and you know it's just uh, it's just how your body's made, you know, and, and your genes. I mean, you know, uh, the last people that tried the perfect gene was Hitler when they wanted the Aryan race back in World War Two. You remember that, Gerald? Yes. They were so far ahead of us, and in, uh, in in the world of science is unbelievable, you know, and uh, we had a lot of catching up to do, and actually. We brought their scientists over here to teach us how to do it. And that saved our scientists' lives right there. You know that? Yeah. Yeah, so, but, now, get a copy of that exam, read that. And if you have any questions, you can listen to the show again. That's just both words you got to look at. <laughs> now, the VA, they'll schedule for a CMP exam. Uh, they send you a letter saying, okay, Mr. So-and-so, or Mr. 1348, or whatever your last name is, you've got a CMP exam scheduled downtown Honolulu at Dr. Sheboygan's office on Hotel Street. So-and-so date, so-and-so time, be there. Dr. Sheboygan is called a QTC doctor, and his names are fictitious, folks. If you may know the doctor, Sheboygan, don't go see him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, you go to his office, you do your exam, and you go, and you go back home. And guess what? You cannot go to the VA to get a copy of that exam. And 
and getting a copy out of the regional office would be the equivalent of you taking a pair of pliers and pulling all your teeth out without without anesthesia. My advice to any veteran that has a QTC exam, once that I'd wait to the amount of time for them to get back to the VA, I will contact my office and my congressman and say, hey, I need help getting this copy of this exam. A friend of mine called his congressman and got a copy of it, and they sent him they just sent him bits and pieces that they want him to see that it seemed the whole thing, Gerald. He's raising cane. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. so you know, this is critical, folks. Pay attention here because mm-hmm. getting a copy of this CMP exam is extremely important because you have, what, a year to challenge it, John? If you don't challenge this CMP exam, then it's yes. held in your records that you 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 agree with what happened. If you go on that case. exam and that and, and they deny that claim, and you don't appeal that claim after one year, that's the same thing as you writing a letter to the VA. Oh, thank you for thank you for bending me over backwards, VA. I agree with you totally. That's what that's the way they look at it. I just read a court case where uh, yeah. uh, uh, this veteran uh, lost. In court, due to the fact he never he never questioned the CMP exam, he never mm-hmm. uh, appealed it, or he never come back with his own um, uh, like an IMO or anyone to challenge. He did not challenge the CMP exam, even yep. if if he had sent in a letter. This CMP exam is bias or whatever. Anytime you look at you have to Yeah. You make sure you spell it notice of disagreement. That kicks in the legal factor, okay? Absolutely. And right. don't notice forget of that. If you let that year go by, that same pig exam is permanent. But now you gotta do it on VA forms, be careful folks. Yeah, that's you another gotta, thing that come up. Yeah. They're shoving these forms down their throat to fast make your head spin. And, uh, uh, you know, know it's supposed to make it easier for them. Of course, that'll go by the wayside once it gets challenged in court, which it should anyways, because that's, uh, you're taking away some due process rights for veterans. They're trying to take away everything. So, but it'll, it'll change out here pretty soon. Once the, uh, once the current staff has changed over to new staff and stuff, I believe there'll be some changes made within the VA operational structure system. Well, I certainly so, hope so. I got my fingers yeah. crossed, uh, yeah. But don't so, forget, I mean, these exams are very important. If if you got to know what what that crazy fool wrote. Uh, yep, you got to know because the members kind of works with the VA. Uh, and yeah. and if you you know if it's not what you think it should be, then you put in a notice of disagreement or you challenge it. Uh, do whatever you can do to let them know. Mm-hmm. You're not happy with this CMP exam. Ask even request another one. Anything. Yep. But always be nice to the examiner, folks. You know, if you if you hit it right and he sees the stuff and he kinda of likes it, he'll probably go in your favor. If you're going over the chip on your shoulder and you make him mad, he's liable to do anything he can do to to, to not accommodate you. Uh, that's and that's true, another man. issue. There, if you're uh, a veteran you and you're having a problem, good. 
If you're a veteran and you've got a claim filed and you're having major league issues with the regional office, okay, the regional office says they've done stuff to your claim, you know, makes you really mad. Do me a favor. Point your animosity and your anxiety back toward the regional office. Because the regional office is a separate entity from the VA hospitals. At least these folks at the VA hospitals are trying to help you medically, you know, and take care of you. I see so many veterans got a chip on their shoulder with issues from the regional office and they take it out on the staff at the local VA. And every time I see it, it turns my stomach. I've even cautioned and called, called a couple of them on it. A couple of guys have had them in the parking lot, but I don't think they want to do that. So, you know, I mean, yeah. it's always an issue. But me, if I'm going to go see a doctor and I'm going to be treated, with it, you know, and I want to be nice to him because, you know, that that could be the uh, uh, that could be the uh, ramification of you getting good treatment or you getting not so good treatment. You know, there's people that go in there and raise cane and all kinds of stuff, and they'll set them outside and they'll do something. You know, they'll they'll they'll, they'll They'll ban you from the VA. They'll tell you, you know, if you're abusive, then they'll they'll put you on the list. Don't care if you're service connected or not. They'll put you out the door. Then you get then you get labeled as a non-cooperating patient. And next thing you know, you know you're having a hard time. You have to ask for permission to go see a clinic somewhere. Yeah, just you know. the important thing to remember here is your medical treatment and your claims uh, uh, side of it. Comp- side of it are two different issues and 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 try to keep them separated uh yeah you had a bad deal at a cmp examiner Uh, well the uh your primary care team position they have no control over that and it don't do any good to cry the blues to them just remember something something, Uh, jerome even though a CMP examiner works for the VA, he's probably paid by the VA. But for your CMP exam, he's an employee and is being paid by the by, by the VBA, which is the same as the regional office. Yes. Okay. So the hospital has no authority over him whatsoever as far as the CMP exam. Only the service center manager up there at the regional office is probably his boss. So, you know, that's kind of a... That's kind of like going up to a rattlesnake French kissing it myself, you know. <laughs> For sure. So, you know, French kiss rattlesnake folks, that's going to hurt. You're going to lose your tongue in your head. So, Now, remember, to get a copy of that CMP exam through QTC, you have to ask the regional office for it. And that's like, uh, again, you know, you put a request in or whatever and just go through their places and their places and this place. and You might get it. You might not get it. You know, because you all read the war stories about the document shredding and things like that. Well, this, according to according to some stuff I've read here lately, there's all kinds of stuff going on in other places like that. They're hiding stuff and doing stuff. You know, this backlog is, uh, I don't think it's as small as they're saying it is. I think things are disappearing at the journal. Yes, they are. I think it's uh, epidemic, actually. Uh, That's right. It's an epidemic. So it's Systemic. up to each individual veteran to keep track of their their own their material their 
all their pertinent information and, and see to it it's there. That's that's what we're running into is you get way down the line, maybe three, four, five years into a claims uh, uh, system uh, a predicament, and you find out that uh, 50, 60 percent of the, the data you sent in is not even there. Yep. Because it's been shredded somewhere, or in mm-hmm. the trash can, or, or sent to China. Those folks don't remember Shreddergate. Yeah. Old uh, Shreddergate. That's a... So you have to keep track and stay up to date on your claims file. Uh, I get, just do whatever it takes to, to keep that claims file up to date and, and be certain it's got some sort of structure to it. Yeah. Don't let them just scramble the pages up. Uh, uh, your VSOs or attorneys should assist you in that. If you don't have and then one the state bureau right there. there, when you get that actual information, when you get your uh, when you get your CMP exam, if you look at that really close, that'll give you an idea whether you, your claim is going to be approved or denied. If you see that and you read it close enough, and you see that your claim is going to, you feel locked that your claim is going to be denied. I'd start shopping for an attorney right then. Yes, you know, you I know. recommend the attorney. Uh, uh, as soon as you can get one on board, uh, you may have to talk to several different ones uh, to uh, before you run across one that uh, will work with you or you're happy with. But uh, uh, try to get an attorney on board as soon as possible, and because uh, the uh, especially the claims uh, uh, side of the, of the VA has become so complex that for a layperson to go in there and try to do battle with them, uh, it's not very logical at all. You That's true. Have the expertise. And, and, uh, yeah. Because when you get to the BVA, you get in the claims process, you're going up against attorneys, right? Uh, you better get an attorney. Because uh, you're going up against them, right? Yes, you are. You're going against yep. good attorneys, too. They can pay them good money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Uh, Big money. Uh, and even get bonuses. <laughs> so, yeah, they get them bonuses. Yeah. How much money did you save us this month, Joe? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, you get it now. You go to Europe today. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, they can have Europe. <laughs> remember that, folks. Uh, you don't. You're not uh, schooled in a way. Uh, there's a few veterans that's made it through. They claims that just fell in just right uh, and fell together and and everything uh, worked out great for them and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But on the most, on the largest percentage, that's not the case. And and we know a lot of veterans uh, are not. Uh, they just not able to uh, cope with it, uh, to do a proper job like it needs to be done to win a claim. You need professional help. 
And uh, <clears throat> now, are you ready for the good stuff? Yeah, let's do some good stuff. Yeah, let's uh, let's get away from this depressing claim stuff, folks. That makes me kind of depressed, and I was in a really good mood for the show started. I got the basher truck back, and it's not shaking as bad, so put me in a little better mood, anyways. Uh, yeah, ain't fixed totally, but it's getting there. So, anyhow, this next segment's for you vets that are 100%, and it's got the MWR military ID card or retired military. Either way you go. There's benefits out there. I call them hidden benefits because it's not, uh, you know, it's not the same benefits as like getting Champ VA or educational assistance for stuff like that for your kids or Chapter 35. But uh, it is a good benefit to know. Uh, you get your military ID card. It's a form of 2765, I believe. You get it issued to you. Your wife gets one. The children get one if they're under a certain age. That ID card entitles you to a lot of stuff that's kind of unbelievable, really. Um, <clears throat> for example, you can go to the commissary and exchange, and you can buy your groceries at the commissary. You can go to exchange, you can buy stuff that's tax-free, which is pretty cool. On any, you know, any basis has an exchange. It don't matter where it's at. Uh, <clears throat> there's, you know, this business like that. A lot of these big bases, especially down in uh, Pensacola or in Florida, Egan Air Force Base in Hurlburt, these places offer, they've got big campground stuff on the bases if you like to RV pull things with. Um, a captain had put me on this a couple years ago. He'd go stay at these places and very inexpensive, you know, and they've got all kinds of hookups and things like that, and it's a pretty nice place to stay. Of course, some are pretty crowded in the wintertime down there, but, you know, you can do this all over the U.S. You can even go to California and stay for 30 bucks a night, and you can't do that nowhere else. Usually you go to Los Angeles or Hollywood areas. It costs me about 400 500 bucks a night to stay out there, you know, when the kids doing stuff, but... Uh, uh, <clears throat> These RV parks and things like that that the government runs are pretty nice. You know, it's safe and secure, and it's a good place for you to go. That's something to check into. There's a website out there. Let me tell you the name of the website so you can look it up and uh, you can see for yourself. Let me pull up here real quick. Do this, uh... Government campgrounds. Government campgrounds is a pretty good place. And uh, you can look at it right for the site, and you look at look at the map and tell you what all that. Pretty good. Very inexpensive. You know, most of, most of them are, some are right on the ocean, you know, things like that. So it's pretty cool. If you like to travel, that is, you know, if you can't, you're able to travel. Um... Now, John, do you have to be a hundred percent disabled, or can you uh, just show your your ID that shows your service connected? Well, you have to have a military ID card to get on the base, and uh, so you have to have the hundred percent card. Okay. <clears throat> but there's some places, you know, that give discounts for for life. if you got the ID card, Gerald. Yeah. There's some places that allow you in, you know, that when you, they'll give you a discount with the ID card. But, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, there's been several 
uh, several proposals in D.C. to let uh, to let any veteran use a commissary exchange, which I agree with that. All veterans should be able to use it. You know, in the entire okay. uh, I wouldn't see no harm in that. Uh, yeah. Especially now, if, if they, I think all veterans should be able to, but especially if they have a service connection. I don't care mm-hmm. how minimal, even a zero percent. I want to tell you all a secret, guys. I want to tell you a secret. Now, you know, know that Walt Disney World's got Shades of Green Resort, right? It's a military resort. That's a tax-free resort, and you're actually, your room rate is based on your rank. And uh, you can sponsor rooms for other folks, your family, and I think they pay Category 2. And if you're under, if you're an E6 or below, then you'd be in Category 1. E7, 8, and 9, and some officers warrant and things like that are Category 2. And, of course, the captains and the big dogs, admirals, are Category 3, but... Uh, and there's a processor in ShadesGreen.org. Guys, go to the website and look at it. That place there is a military resort. They've got an exchange right on site where you can buy stuff in the exchange. You know, it's tax-free stuff, too. You can buy discounted tickets to Disney and all the attractions down there, you know, Universal and SeaWorld and other things, which is a pretty good thing. You know, I mean, it saves some money for guys in the military, and they show a little respect. They've got uh, very, very, very good supported staff that takes care of that. It's pretty good. Got their own bus line and everything. It's pretty nice, Gerald. Oh, and, uh, right. we we stay there as much as we can when we go down there unless we, you know, unless we take the RV with us. But now there's a secret, folks. Uh, say you're a younger vet, and uh, you know, and you're you've got a young family, or you're shooting your wife, and you want to travel, and you look up Delta dot com, and you want to go to Hawaii. You look it up, and you see that oh my God, it's eight, it's nine hundred out of eleven, twelve hundred dollars a person just to go back our round trip. That's twenty four hundred bucks for two people. Well, that's going to stop a lot of folks from going because that's just too expensive. Well, you got your military ID card, you know, and you know you. Right now, the space available travel situation is up in limbo, so I can't really recommend that because I don't know. It's kind of hidden. I guess it disappeared from the defense bill last year, and it's probably floating out in outer space toward the Mars or something. I don't know where it's at, but. Uh, Nobody seems to know or can tell us where it's at. We know why, but we're not going to say why. Anyhow, um, <clears throat> if you live in the Midwest, what you could do there, look up Allegiant.com. You can actually hop on an airplane and fly to Las Vegas. You can stay a night in Las Vegas and get the next morning and fly from Allegiant to, to Honolulu for a whole lot cheaper than you can Delta. Did you know that, Gerald? No, I didn't know that. Sure. You sure can. Well, that I mean, sounds uh, like the thing to do. Well, yeah, I can fly from here to uh, Orlando for 60 bucks on some days. Yeah. You know, you ain't going to drive for that. No, no, you won't. <laughs> no, unless you ride the bicycle. <laughs> yeah. You get 60 bucks from water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would. So, yeah. <laughs> that's just some, you know, that's some thoughts, folks. I mean, if you want to travel now, you go to Hawaii and they got the Halle Cole Resort, which is the same as Shades of Green, but it's in Hawaii. You know, there's categories of rooms. They've got rooms out right on the water. I mean, it's a beautiful place. It's like 17 acres. It's just a huge place. It's an old World War II resort. That's where the submariners came back and stayed back when they came in on a patrol. You know, they set up a spread and let them stay there. 
you know, because it's been a few days or a couple of weeks there, you know, recuperating from being death charged and spending so many days out to sea underwater. And uh, but now they resort, you know, they've reclaimed the resort and built onto it, and it's beautiful place. It's oceanfront, right there on, right there on Waikiki Beach. I mean, it's I've been there before. It's a beautiful place. Beautiful place, and there's all kinds of stuff you can see. You know, good place to visit. You don't want to live there, but it's a nice place. You know, I mean, once you drive around that little highway, and you go from one in the island back to where you started from, you realize you're stuck on an island. You want to get out of there. <laughs> but um, that's another benefit. Halicoa, it's pretty nice, and uh, you know, just uh, if you got that ID card, go for it. And there's all kinds of, you know, there's different things. Uh, of course, everybody knows about the Lowe's discounts, Home Depot discounts. I would probably stay with Lowe's. Home Depot is, uh, I guess they're getting a little more liberal, non-veteran-wise, and uh, they, uh, you know, they're, uh, I, I don't know, I just don't really, it didn't, I, I don't really feel satisfied dealing with Home Depot. And uh, I'll probably never shop there again, to tell you the truth. <laughs> that's me too. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, that's just a personal feeling, you know. But uh, they started acting like that. Over, I was going to buy a route from them. And they told me that I didn't qualify for the discount. So, the time my wife looked around, I was halfway out the door. So, well, that's what you have to do. Yeah. So, hopefully they'll go out I've of business. Never had a, tr- a problem with loads. I went in there and yeah, showed yeah. my card. And uh, it showed service connected, and and uh, I don't even think they look at that. They just mm-hmm. shows why I get medical treatment from the VA, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I, they give me my discount. So, mm-hmm. well, if I come across places non-veteran friendly and things like that, you guys will know about it because I will, I will, I will broadcast it. I don't care. You know, and I'm not going to do anything negative about it, but, you know, if they're not veteran-friendly, they're not veteran-friendly. That's the bottom line. You know, you make your own mind up whether you want to shop there or not. You know, because that's a fact. I imagine that every, you know, every different store would be sometimes different. But Lowe's, Hmm? as far as I know, is pretty uh, consistent. Lowe's is very consistent. I've saved a lot of money at Lowe's and their discounts, and that's from a lawnmower all the way to a roof. Even flooring in my house last year, I spent several thousand dollars at Lowe's, and uh, I'm pretty happy with their service. We bought our ice box and stove and lawnmower, riding mower, everything from Lowe's. Right. Well, that's not a riding mower, Gerald. That's your that's your doom buggy. You got the deck off of it. Well, yeah, that's not. I'm the mower never. More part there better than the grass. <laughs> Has someone put that Duramax diesel on there yet? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to. Alpha transmission on one more. Yeah, it'd be cool. But, uh, folks, support what you can. You take advantage of them benefits and like that. I mean, there's just, I mean, there's a lot of benefits out there for veterans. Uh, I'm going to tell you a good place. This is not a military place, but they give you a good discount. If you want to go down to Florida, especially during the spring, there's people in Panama City Beach and Destin. They are packed. Looks like a bunch of ants. That's how many people's down there. You know, it's pretty dangerous because the spring breakers and all those kids got to control. You know, and uh, especially the ones that uh, get too much alcohol with it. It's pretty sad. But if you want to go down and enjoy the beach, 
Head down I-65 to exit 99, take the country roads. That's 99 uh, in Alabama. It's going toward Mobile. But take the country roads. Go to uh, a place called Santa Rosa Sound RV Resort. Uh, take your camper down there. Take your motor home down there. It's right on the water. It's very inexpensive. They give a discount. One of the best places you'll ever want to stay in your lifetime. And that's a place that I found last year. And it's 10 minutes away from uh, Hurlburt Field or uh, 30 minutes away from Pensacola Naval Air Station. So you've got plenty of places to go shop and do things like that. You know, they make it right. It sounds like a good place. That's a good place, buddy. I loved it down there. It's nice. Really nice. they got a nice pool. they got a beachfront. You can even go surf fishing down there. You know, and you can actually see the sharks and stuff swimming. They built a brand new pier. You walk in on that pier with a fishing pole, look out, man. You get redfish and trout. Oh, my goodness. Well, guys, I got to go. I'm heading down that way right now. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's what we come up against, folks. That's good places. Um, remember something. You guys are disabled. You got to, you know, especially 100%ers and well, anybody's. Your life's been shortened by your military service. You're just a casual like everybody else. It's just taking us longer to hit, you know, long, longer to find our final resting place. So if you're able to get out and enjoy your benefits, Absolutely. take advantage of those benefits every day. They're yours. You earned them. That's right. Oh yeah. One other question. You got a, you got a family want to go to Disney World. Take your ID card and go to Shades of Green. You can buy six tickets for Disney, four-day park hopper passes for about $177. Oh, that's Price for one-day admission for Disney is 105 bucks for one person. Save some serious money. Plus, they'll give you 40% off a room at Disney or State Shades of Green. But... If you make a reservation Shades of Green, you better do it months in advance because that place is busy. Shadesgreen.org, look up the reservation page. You know, you can make them up to a year in advance. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool place. We talk about having a talk about having a hat reunion next year, but uh, I don't know if it's going to work out or not. We'll see. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, where are we on together. that? They had a uh, reunion, John. We know? haven't actually had too much more information about it. I guess we, I mean, we're still pretty far out, Gerald. I mean, you can't yeah. make reservations stuff that far in advance right now for anything, so you got to wait. You know, I'd wait till about August and start it up or September. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, yeah. we got 90 seconds left. Gerald, I want to thank you for coming on the show today and helping me out there. It's a... Uh, Always a pleasure having you on here and having you with me, and I enjoy doing the same thing for you on the Haddock Show. So. Uh, always nice to do the Bachelor Hour. I really enjoy it. Get to sit back here and, and uh, learn some things, you know. And uh, that's the main thing. I want to learn, if, you know, if nothing else, keep things fresh in your mind. Shout out to Haddock.com, guys. Uh, if you can, 
uh, go in the hatit.com and hit the donate button and uh, donate some funds toward T-Bird's Way. Uh, it's, Hat it's not a nonprofit organization, but still go ahead and donate some to help with everyday expenses because it's an expensive deal. And with that, we're totally out of time. Gerald, we'll see you on the uh, Hat it show next week. And uh, for that, this will be Jay. This will be Jay Basher, and we'll be out the door for now. You have been listening to the Basher Hour. The Basher Hour is brought to you by Hadit.com. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. <laughs>